one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Hey Bus Driver podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to have a little, kind of a, maybe a semi-national panel, um, got Keith Corso back with uh, Bus Ride. He's going to bring in some friends that um, he's been working with, you know, some people also that I know here in the Valley, but um, want to thank him for kind of orchestrating this group. And, you know, hopefully we can just kind of get a little bit of a, a check-in of what's going on. And, you know, it seems like COVID was kind of dying off and now it's coming back. So I don't, I feel for all of you and I'm sorry that I'm you know, not in the, in the trenches any, any longer. So, um, but yeah, so we're here, Keith, welcome. How's it going? Good. Thank you uh, a ton for having us. It's fun to be back here. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And then, uh, I've got a buddy of mine who hasn't been on here, Cruz Mingus. Um, he's going to give us a little bit of light on the, the private sector, Rebecca Sykes, and then Chris, is it Walverd? Is that how you say your name, Chris? Yep. Cool. All right, so Chris is a, a director here locally in um, Phoenix, and Rebecca, I think you're in Colorado, is that correct? Yep, awesome. So uh, why don't we just kind of, you know, get in and just kind of introduce yourselves and how you got into the the yellow school bus business, and we'll maybe start off with Rebecca. So uh, maybe just a little bit of, uh, you know, again, your title, maybe district size, and just kind of what you bring to the table. Thank you. Um, So I am in Southern Colorado. How I got into transportation was very accidental. Um, My husband used to drive a special needs bus and he needed a designated sub. And it was one of those things that I needed something to do. I was going absolutely stir crazy at home. So I was like, okay, crazy idea. What if I go get my CDL? And so I went ahead and I got it. I took over his route, absolutely fell in love with the special needs sector. And they still, even today, have a very special place in my heart. Um, So much so that we've developed a complete training program for that. It's a 40-hour training program for the drivers down here. And... As much as it kind of is odd to say, I guess I now bleed more yellow than red. And my title is I am the Director of Transportation for Sergeant School District. We are located in Monta Vista, Colorado. My fleet size, I have a fleet of eight and I have a driver pool of 10. Nice. So a little smaller, but, um, you know, still doing that work. Is it fairly rural there? Yeah. It, it is very rural. Keith can 
Keith and his team can attest. They have seen Google visuals of our area and they're kind of shocked that you can't see anybody for miles. <laughs> so um, it's it's very secluded, all things considered. Good. Well, welcome. Keith, you got uh, some input on that? I'll just say looking at the Phoenix Elementary School's routing map versus what Rebecca is dealing with over there, it's you wouldn't think it's the same planet, to say the least. And Becca, you were selling yourself a little short. You're the director at two districts in Colorado. So you got a lot on your plate over there. Yeah, uh, it's it's easy. It's, it's interesting that in this industry, it's easy to they keep giving us more hats to wear. Right. We don't tell we don't say no. Um, so we figure it out and it's just hey, here's another hat to wear and and figure out how to juggle that. So so thank you again for um, for joining us today. Chris, uh, you're fairly new, and I, I, I really like your story. Kind of, it's um, transportation related. But how, so, how'd you kind of where you came from, and how'd you get here? Yeah, thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, and you know that it's rare that somebody can pronounce that last name right. I don't know if it's the the two O's or whatever it is, but yeah, uh, my name's Chris Wolvert. I'm the director of uh, transportation, maintenance, custodial, warehousing, and safety and energy. Uh, for Phoenix Elementary School. There's all those hats that we just talked about. There it is. There it is. Yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're located in, in downtown Phoenix. And yeah, Keith, you're right. You 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 look at our map, and we've got all these sharp short turns and in a very small radius. And then even though it's very busy and compact, uh, the district isn't isn't quite too large. We have some neighboring sister districts that help us uh, kind of take over the geography of the area. But um, yeah, I. I got into transportation about a year and a half ago. Um, I was originally, I came from uh, American Airlines. I was in the airline industry. Uh, I was in management for aircraft maintenance. Um, so I was based out of Seattle for about five years, originally from Southern California. And uh, we moved to Phoenix and um, I took the position here and just kind of fell in love with the, you know, the whole aspect of transportation. It was, it was similar to you know, what we what we call operation wise under the wing, you know, in the airline industry of um, the, the maintenance, the, the routing, things of that nature. So coming in, having a that outside perspective, it just uh, kind of helped me visualize what needs to happen here, what kind of changes we need to implement, what's going to kind of help us get across the, uh, the finish line here. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been here for about a year and a half wearing different hats, doing a bunch of different things now. And, um, I love it. Uh, haven't looked back since I've gotten here and uh, I'm very excited about the future for transportation at Phoenix L. Uh, we've got a really good team here. I've got um, you, you know, I'll throw his name out there, Armando. He's uh, he's a vet in the transportation industry out here at Phoenix. Uh, so he works under me as a supervisor for transportation. So very fortunate to have him on my team. Uh, yeah. So that's a little, little background history with me. Right on. Thank you for uh, joining us, taking a little time out of the day. And uh, Cruz, um, you know, you kind of came in, fell into the, the analyst side and then um, spread some wings and flew off to go do some, some private transportation. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So thanks for having me on, Jason. Um, I guess by, I fell into transportation purely by fate. Um, I would say it was by choice, but it probably wasn't. So um, I actually came, like Jason said, from a financial and an analyst side of it. When I started working with Jason, actually, back in the day, um, didn't know the first thing about a school bus other than it was yellow. And so 
Um, it's been a cool journey and a learning process from knowing nothing to probably still knowing very little um, in all realities. But um, I work for a private transportation company. Um, same same concept as a district. We specialize in transporting school kids to and from school. Um, we operate in Arizona and Southern California. Um, we've got a fleet of about 85 vehicles and 100 employees. Um, and the tricky logistical part of it um, that's been a new challenge is so we actually operate with about 21 different school districts, whether that be one vehicle up to about 15 to 20 vehicles. So um, different logistics in that, you know, districts have their challenges where we've it's been a new challenge for me to say, OK, well, each district is very unique in their approaches, their times, their procedures and trying to adapt to be able to provide the same service for each um, district. Big difference, right? Going from one district of a hundred vehicles to you know operating that many, but having that many different customers that you have to work with, like so. Yeah, no doubt. You know, each one has its to to each its own. Some have unique challenges of being in a district with a hundred vehicles, and then um, there's obviously the perks of it. And then on the flip side, there's perks to working with a bunch of different districts, but also the challenges of of so many different customers and clients with different expectations. Sure. And then I, I don't want to leave him out. Um, before I get to you, Keith, I see that Chad's in here. Chad, you hear me? Yeah, I hear you just fine. <laughs> Sound like you got a little tickle in your throat. You sick? Well, I, I did. I wasn't ready. I hadn't cleared it yet. And, you know, I was lost there. But, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for recognizing I joined. Sorry I'm a little late. No, you're fine. You don't need to hear my story. Everybody knows my story. So, everybody hello. knows. Hello, I'm, everybody. I'm still working on the on the cameo uh, intros. So, I just need. I'm going to give you a list of names of who you want to intro you, and we'll, we'll see what that costs. Okay. <laughs> perfect. Okay. Right, perfect. Yeah, okay. I'm in. And then, uh, so last but not least, Keith. Um, just real quick, kind of how you got to know these people through through the industry, and um, you know, kind of. I guess what you've been feeling, maybe we'll just kind of get right into it. What, what it's been like for the last couple of years, you know, we've, we've talked throughout, right. And it was like, Hey, we saw the light at the end of the tunnel and now it's kind of getting clouded back up again. So what's, what's, bus, what's new at bus ride. And, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot to cover in a short amount of time, but um, no, first off, thanks for having us all on here. I think one of my favorite parts of, you know, these discussions is bringing together, like really bright minds from all corners of the country to figure out how are we tackling certain, these certain challenges together. And more importantly, recognizing that we're all dealing with them to a certain extent, whether you're a company and, and a vendor serving these here, you know, transportation leaders, whether you're a private contractor serving school districts or vice versa. Uh, I think it's really cool to see the different angles that folks, you know, take in, in this stu you know, student transportation industry. Uh, in terms of how I got to meet some of these folks, um, you know, we've been building bus right over the past five years now, which is a school bus technology startup. And we try to think of ourselves as really built, you know, with the community, uh, whether that's through our fellows program, our design partner group and more. And so uh, the folks on this call right now have kind of been looped into those different discussions to help us you know, design the future that they are proud to uh, live in, work in and transport their students in. So I try to keep that brief, but I'll push it back your way. Awesome. Well, I like I said, appreciate uh, you coming in. So maybe I'll just, uh, you know, kind of open the, just the conversation of right COVID. And I, I know Chad doesn't want to talk about it, but it's really been on the forefront here. 
on the last probably since the holidays really kind of really spinning up and it almost seems like it's it's really crippling districts even more so right now that um you know i'm hearing districts all over the valley and it's probably na- nationwide that the 20 it's not uncommon to have 20 drivers missing in a given day so um you know for small districts like phoenix l and um where rebecca's at you know that that's big time right that's your whole department potentially if you know if covid comes running through so just real like can you guys talk to that what what it's been like and um you know no particular order whoever wants to go first just what your challenge has been how you're overcoming it and um kind of how you're keeping people just mentally sane and, and coming to work uh rebecca if you want to go first so for us it's 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 a challenge to say it mildly. So as you mentioned, Jason, we are, we are very small. Like I said earlier, we have 10 people in my department. That includes myself and my mechanic. So we did have COVID come through the department probably three months ago. And the, the part that I didn't talk about earlier was because we are so rural, a lot of our drivers have second jobs. They're farmers, they do all of these other things. And so not only are we having to contend with a national pandemic, but we also have to contend with those other jobs. We have to contend with harvest. We have to contend with all of these other things. And so when I have three drivers who have to be out because of a COVID, whether it was positive or negative, quarantine, whatever, and I have another three who are out because of harvest or another job, it's crippling. We don't have the reserves that a lot of our larger districts do. So the multiple hats becomes, oh, look, my mechanic gets to go drive something. I get to get pulled out of the office. I think I drove four different trips this this fall, um, which is unusual, not unheard of, but unusual. And my mechanic had to take one in December and we, we try really hard to keep him in house. So I, on one hand, I'm very thankful of our small size because it does make some things a lot easier to handle. On the other hand, I am so envious of those people who have like driver pages like this long because we don't have that. And when things go south, everybody's scrambling. Sure. Chris, you want to talk a little bit about uh, just maybe coming in, right? You you know coming in during, I guess during COVID, right? And 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 kind of understanding the challenge that uh, they were probably already working with, and then you know kind of what you guys are dealing with right now. Yeah, um, you know I, I forgot to mention uh, we've got uh, about twenty bus drivers, and we operate with a fleet of I think thirty five buses. Um, so we've got our spares, but um, yeah, I mean. Just just recently, we were down 10 drivers in one day. I mean, that's half the staff right there, right? Um, and I think, you know, going to, uh, Jason, what you're talking about, I, I kind of came in at a time where we weren't really operating. The schools were closed. And if there was any, if there was a, a better time to come into a school district where you, you know, uh, like Cruz said, I didn't know the first thing about a bus, right? Other than, other than its color and that it, it, it picks up and drops off kids and, you know, there's protocols to maintaining it. Um, it was actually the ideal time to come and kind of settle and understand what's happening because we were, we were running very small routes, mostly sped routes. And we had some, uh, 
some like online classes that we were doing in a, in a certain at certain schools. So operating on a very small scale. When we returned to in-person learning, um, even then we were still challenged staffing-wise. Um, I think there's a lot of contributing factors, but you know, one of the things we're seeing in, in Central Phoenix is just the cost of living has just gone up absurdly in the last 18 months. And so where, you know, what we what or somebody would be jumping to drive for, you know, the current pay rates in school districts would be a feasible living opportunity. It's just not that anymore. So you're facing that. There's the risk of folks not wanting to put themselves at risk by being a driver. Um, we're seeing all those different challenges right now. And so it's um, it's becoming. Uh, sorry, give me one second here. I apologize. Sorry about that. Um, it's, uh, it's been, it's been challenging, you know, having to, um, uh, consolidate routes, uh, get that communication out to principals and staff and, and parents that, Hey, on any given day, we can be down X amount of drivers and that's going to challenge us operationally. And, um, like I always tell the team, we're in the service industry, you know, we're here to, to service the district. Um, we are the first face and the last face that most of our students see every day. And so there, there's an expectation there and it's our job to fulfill that expectation daily, regardless of the challenges that, that we see. And, you know, there's only so much you can expect people to understand. I know uh, we're fortunate that we don't have this huge fleet size where, you know, there's 200 drivers because you hear, you hear these horror stories of, of routes having to be canceled and, you know, 50 drivers are short at, at certain districts um, because we operate on a small scale. We have a little bit of that flexibility, which kind of helps. It's, it's pushed us to um, to grow and try to maximize our efforts. But, you know, it hasn't been easy. And, and I know it's, it's, it's a common tale and everybody's in the same position. But um, I, I think out of, coming out of all of this, what it's done is it's, it's helped us realize that, you know, even under pressure, uh, the teamwork and as long as there's 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 guidance and there's the willingness to help each other out, you know, we can overcome a lot of things. But, you know, I, with Rebecca, you know, I totally I get that every day. I, I don't have my mechanics in the shop. They're all driving buses. You know, I've got three, three mechanics, and they all have CDLs. And it's kind of like, hey, if you got a CDL, you're driving today because yeah. you know we're down drivers. And we saw the worst of it when we first came back from the holiday break. You know, I was down drivers due to COVID, and then, you know, for whatever reason, sick calls, leaves, those kind of things. You calculate that all in, and, and your staff is depleted very quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's all hands on deck. You know, and um, I've been living in that world since I got here. So. You know, I'm envious, I'm envious of those yeah, who have who've enjoyed what it is to be fully staffed and to you know be running at 100 um, percent. You know, I think that the silver lining there is that if, if you know if and when we do come out of this and whatever that looks like in the future, um, I think we can kind of you know know that we've faced some some serious challenges, some unprecedented challenges. And uh, we can get through almost anything if, if that's if this is the worst of it. You know, I think we can handle it moving forward. Yeah. I think it's, <clears throat> to your point, uh, pretty important to communicate with your staff, right, and just try and stay ahead of it. I think that's kind of one of the things that, that we did when I when I was at Kyrene was just really trying to figure out how to communicate what was going on, right, because it seemed like everything changed pretty much almost by the day, right, and so it was like, hey, today we're doing this, tomorrow we're doing that, and, you know, it's easy for staff at that level to get frustrated with, okay, this is just one more thing that I have to do. And so it's just easier to quit, right, versus stay on. So I think that you started seeing those that really wanted to kind of do something better or, you know, really try and kind of grab the bull by the horn, so to speak, and, and 
you know, stick with it versus the others that were just like, you know what, I'm not, this is enough. Or, or their doctor saying, hey, you, you know, you shouldn't be out here, you know, working in this. So what are you doing? Um, I, I definitely feel for districts across the, um, you know, across the country that we're having to deal with this. Uh, one thing that we're seeing, and, and I don't know if it's the same in Colorado or not, but we're, we're seeing an increase in driver pay um, across the valley, at least, where um, finally, you know, people are starting to recognize, you know, and I think that <clears throat> trying to compete with the private market uh, or the private sector, whether it's, you know, going to work for Target where you can work 17, 18 bucks an hour, you know, I think you can almost flip burgers at In-N-Out now for like 19 or, you know, top out at 19 bucks an hour. So, you know, how do you stay relevant to that point to, to keep people um coming in and Rebecca I can I can imagine it's difficult right because whether they're there for benefits or something you know supplemental income having that primary job of running a farm or a ranch where like that is a requirement that they have to go away for right and how do you juggle that and just adding COVID on top of that makes it probably pretty difficult so it's it's definitely a juggling act it's not something that I ever would have anticipated experiencing. So I've been in my position for four years and the last three have been juggling COVID of some sort. Yeah. And so it, it's not been smooth by any means. And then where we're at, um, so one of the schools that I work for is actually in the most impoverished county in Colorado. And so we have people who are trying to make a living in that sort of situation and we can't pay what, you know, a drive 20 minutes away can pay. And so we're losing talent. We're losing drivers or potential drivers to other areas because you can't pay for that. Sure. And then you get the, the state sends out emails to everybody saying, hey, look, these jobs are available in these other locations. And one of the things that's always posted is the, the pay that's with that. Unfortunately, most of that is up on the front range. So Denver, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, Fort Collins, those areas, you know, especially con compared to us, major metropolitan areas. And they're making $30, $35 an hour. Wow. And then they look at us and they're like, well, you're barely paying 16 So how does that work? Especially when I can drive 20 miles. And make 20 flipping a burger. Sure. When everything that we have to do, I mean, we have to get a CDL. We have to do the DOT training. We have to do the DMV status. We have to go through all of the state training. And then the responsibilities of the students on top of that. Somebody comes in and you tell them all of that. And you go, but it's a really rewarding <laughs> opportunity. It's amazing. Yeah. Think of the relationships you get to build. And they go, Yeah. I'll go flip burgers yeah. for twenty bucks. Thanks. You got to be a little, little crazy to do this job a little bit, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree there, and and I think before, before COVID, right, we we didn't really see this big wave of increase, salary increase, um, that we have been right. Everybody's now trying to figure out like how to how to compete, but I think it's important to note that you know, from my perspective, anyways, the drivers always seem to be willing to move for even if it meant 50 cents more an hour, right? It wasn't, it, it didn't necessarily have to be two or, you know, $2, $2.50 an hour. 
uh, increase. But I think at the same time right now we're competing. And I've always said, I think we should be paying minimum 20 bucks an hour for bus drivers, right? I mean, just with that, uh, what you listed, the, the amount of responsibility that comes with it, all the certifications that they have to hold, et cetera, et cetera. Plus the split shift, right? We're not even talking about their schedule in the 180 days that they're working or, or whatever the school, you know, the school calendar might be. So, um, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, we've, we've talked about this before. I just don't know what the, what the answer is, but I'm, I'm happy to see districts finally starting to say, Hey, this is important and we need to figure it out. I'm concerned mildly about how do they sustain, um, you know, that type of compensation for the long term. you know, because eventually it's, I, I would imagine it's going to run out, right? A lot of people are using ESSER funds right now to, to you know, make temporary payments or temporary incentives to, to get people to come in. But I, I just don't know that, you know, eventually that is going to run out and, you know, they're going to have to figure out some other long-term solution. Cruz, you want to talk a little bit about just maybe not necessarily how you pay your, your staff, but how your, your situation is a little bit different than working for districts and what maybe a little bit better flexibility you have since you're on the private side. Yeah. So, and, and coming from the district side, I guess the, the first half of COVID um, with Jason at Kyrene, like, so saw firsthand the driver shortages and the challenges and the, these things that I know everybody's talking about splitting routes and condensing your, your routes, things like that. Um, the cool part was, you know, there's flexibility on the private side and that, you, you know, it has to fit a business model, a profitability model, rather than it has to fit a, a budgetary constraint. And so if the model is, rep, you know, again, not to get into pricing, but if the model stays profitable for the business, then whatever needs to be done as far as to accommodate drivers to satisfy the route can be done. And so one of the things that, you know, I feel fortunate right now, having talked to colleagues in the Phoenix area is we don't have a route anymore. We have two drivers assigned to every route. And so we've just had the luxury of and any given day, there's the assigned driver and then there's a, you know, a tech or an aide. And I know most people on special need routes, things like that, have that. Well, we've, we've been lucky enough that we've been able to build a model where there's a, a spare driver on the route. And so, one, we're, you know, we're too deep, essentially, in the bullpen from the start. You know, if the driver's out, the, the tech or the aide who's required to be a CDL certified driver on our buses steps into the bus and drives. Um, you know, then there's there's other things that we've done. We rotate rotate drivers through different, different exposures, keep certain people away. And so we try to keep, you know, per se healthier populations because there is, you know, if, if one school has for us, one school has a COVID exposure, well, that might wipe out five drivers, but if we can keep our drivers separate. And I think it rounds into a cool conversation and back, I guess the overarching theme of why Keith asked everybody to come on here was one of the ways that, and I'll talk about it in a while, is I think technology and things like bus right is the solution for a lot of this. And so one of the things that we've implemented and had a, a ton of success with is my drivers don't come to a yard. They don't come into a building. They don't, you know, and, and it's a bummer because there's the camaraderie of being together. But right now, my drivers don't have any exposure other than the kids, which we all know the, the exposure just to the kids in that amount of time is, is hard to manage in itself. Um, let alone when we've got, you know, you have a driver who comes into the lounge and sits down and there's five drivers at the table and all of a sudden now you've got six drivers on quarantine. Um, and so technology has allowed us to essentially complete everything that, that we were doing in an office setting, turning papers in, the communicating, the messaging, all that, you know, and we'll I'll talk more about that when we get to that question. But I think there's cool solutions out there 
um, while there, there's no doubt they're they're challenging and, and every once in a while you pull your hat down and try to figure out why am I battling this, fighting this fight. But then again, you know, I, I have days where colleagues in the area, one of district calls, you know, I had said in the beginning of this call where they call and say, hey, is there any way that you guys can split your buses up and run spares and pick up six of my routes today so I don't have to call, right? And say, those parents say, we're not going to do it. Well, we've been fortunate enough that because of the way that it's been structured and some of these things that for now seem to be effective, we're able to pick that up and provide aid, you know, to our partners and see and just help get, you know, the end goal for all of us, whether it's private sector or into the district side is to get kids to and from school safely and on time. And so if we can help each other in creating that goal and getting that done, I think we're all for it. Well said. Got a two thumbs up from Keith. Chad, you got a, uh, what's going on on in Chad's world as far as just kind of being back out there? Are people kind of preventing you from stopping by and, and doing your, doing your thing? Uh, no, actually it's the opposite. I mean, it's surprisingly, I always put my mask in my pocket. Yes. You know, so when I go up to a district or go in transportation department, the majority of them don't even put a mask on anymore. Just a handful of them are requiring a mask and, so most of the day I spent uh, walking around with my mask in my pocket because, you know, peer pressure. I don't want to look like the, the dork with the, the only guy in the shop with the mask on. But, yeah, I try to keep distance as well because I know I'm running around to different districts. But uh, everyone wants you to come come by and they're meeting. They're, there's really not any as much fear as there was at the beginning. I think more people understand it. And, and uh, you know, I see a lot, of, a lot of crowds, if you will. Um, you know, if you're if you're in the shop, you're usually everyone's kind of keeping a distance from each other. There are a few that you go in the office or something, you you got to get that mask on, which I'm fine with. You know, and there has been a few times where I've done the mask on, even though they didn't require it. You know, ask them, do I need a mask? No, no, you're fine. I'm just gonna leave it on. But uh, no, I mean everything's rolling pretty well. It's not pre-pandemic uh, busy, but it's it's good so far quite a few deliveries going on right now and, and buses being ordered. And like, you're right. A lot of it's Esther money. And, uh, we predicted this was going to happen. You know, that there were people were going to start buying buses that they did not buy in 2020, you know, bus they needed to replace. They're going to start replacing now. And when the Esther money came in, it's like Christmas out there for some of these districts. Sure. Well, but no, you know, a lot of talking about it. Let's keep talking Let's keep talking about it. It ain't going away. <laughs> so not that's over for talking sure. about COVID yet. <laughs> well, before you got here, I was telling them that the, the analytics say that people love listening to it, so they're the the highest listened to. Episodes. I know, no, I no, I get it. I mean, you know, and I do. You know, there's some other podcasts I listen to, and and you know, I, I don't shy away from from listening. I'm I'm just frustrated, like everybody. Yeah. Everybody's frustrated. Everybody wants to to get back to normal, but I keep saying this is probably the new normal. I don't think this is ever least, going least away. This is something we're going to deal with forever, you know, but at least it's, it's good to see people fighting. Everyone fought really hard to get back to normal or most people did. Um, as far as districts go, you know, service departments and business offices and stuff. And I mean, you guys did a great job. You, you kept the buses clean. You kept the kids safe. You know, you, the, you, you did the social distancing. I mean, Everybody did so much just to try to get this back to normal. And I appreciate that. And I'm sure a lot of people do and, and people in the district and outside the district and parents and vendors. And you guys did a really good job. Cause it, it, I mean, if the school district 
if the school districts hadn't done been so, I don't want to say this, if the school districts hadn't been so diligent um, in helping keep this in check, I think it would have been a lot worse. I mean, all those kids taking taking it home to parents and to relatives and stores and grandparents, and it definitely could have been a lot worse. For Teachers, sure. you know, staff. So, no, I, I applaud you guys. You guys did a good job. I, I appreciate it. I try to definitely be respectful and and uh, but no, it's 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 rolling pretty well right now. I mean, it really is. I and I'm I'm excited about it. But again, this is the new normal. So I guess let's keep talking about it because <laughs> it's not going away. Yeah, Keith, what do you got? I was going to uh, sh- shift gears a little bit, maybe to like the positives of the the past year or so, and just hear sure. both on the you know, contractor slash district side of things. What are we excited about? What have we learned recently that maybe we wouldn't have in, in a previous environment? Um, we'd love to kind of share that positivity amongst the group. And Becca, looks like you want yeah. to jump in first. So, well, not much positive seems to come out of COVID talks because you get the, I like this, I don't like this, and political nonsense in most of those conversations. I think from a transportation perspective, something that we can all agree on is that has been a positive is our buses are so much cleaner now. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't True. tell you how much cleaner my buses are. <laughs> My drivers aren't thrilled that they have to go clean them, but everything is, I mean, we take sanitation to a whole new level. We're much more diligent in making sure that, hey, all of these steps are followed. Um, From a small district perspective, something else that's really positive that's come out of that is they're starting to see the importance of software and getting that computerized portion of transportation up and going. The fact that now we can monitor how long Sally has been on our bus is amazing. Or you have a bus that comes down with COVID or anything else for that matter. And you can say, okay, well, I have these 15 kids on. That's it. You know, it was a a slow day. We only had 15 people on board. These are who they are. So you don't have to go through and see a list of students that's three miles long because they're all registered and go, oh, great. We're not going to have anybody in school now because we have three miles worth of students out. You can really do that contract or that contact tracing portion, which is, I mean, for us, been amazing. Yep. Cruz, you want to go next? Yeah, I think if, if my opinion on the, I mean, I think there's a lot of positives, but I think if I looked at the industry as a whole, where it's went in the last two years is I think no one would have chosen this route. And I don't think anyone still would choose where we're at, but I think it pushed this industry probably a 10 to 15 year jump from the normal trajectory. Like a lot with Rebecca was just saying, I think the technology integration has been shoved forward. I think to Jason's point with driver pay that, I mean, that's something that was 10 years over date that, yeah, maybe it took a driver shortage in order to push it, but it was something where the industry needed to go. And I think coming out of it, you, you look around at transportation departments that, you know, there's, there's a rock star pretty much in every transportation department that's evolved out of this. Someone that's kind of taken the bull by the horns and said, like, we have problems. 
and we're all good at identifying the problems that are what's hard to overcome and what we can't figure out. I'm going to find the solutions and find new ways of doing this. I'm going to challenge the paradigms of how we've previously thought and I'm going to move us forward. And I know, you know, just one of the things on our and Jason when at Kyrene was, I think the way that we just had the route, the, the district routed with the, the number of routes, you know, I know we had a little bit of restriction on COVID, but I think you and I both would agree that we could get far more done with the resources we had than we probably thought when we first started that deal, just getting creative and really challenging the thought process and experimenting. And, and a lot of it is a lot of it's failure, right? Trying different things and failing, but you realize it doesn't work and you might find something that does work in the middle of it. So I think in the midst of everything that's bad, all these challenges of one created amazing people in this industry and elevated those people to be forefronts and you know, leaders in this industry to, to kind of bring everyone else and change change what's happening. And I think it's from the top down. I think you've seen your amazing leaders in there. And I think you're seeing probably from district to district, really strong drivers who exhibit good habits and are exemplary in, in their actions are the drivers who have stuck around and now are, are holding these departments together on a day-to-day basis. Well said. Chris, got any uh, successes or positives that, um, you know, maybe that you, you would want to share? Um, yeah, it's kind of tough to follow up on that because Cruz <laughs> and Rebecca, you, you basically, uh, I don't want to sound like an echo chamber here, but I think we can all agree those are the things that we, we've seen. Um, yeah, I think if there's anything, it's really shown, all, it's, you know, it's really given us a good perspective of how well we can operate when we're under the gun. And it's and you know, I can't agree more. It's given us an opportunity to let those really shine who have stepped up. Um, I, I know it's it's put people who you know, cross departmentally, like I was saying earlier, anybody's got a CDL is going to step in. You know, I've got a grounds guy who's been driving a bus for like the last three or four months. You know, it's it's outside of his job scope, but he's happy to wear that hat every single day and he loves it. And, and he just gets a pure joy out of that. Um and, you know, on the technology side, I agree. This is this has really pushed us into a situation where when I first came in, I thought, wow, the way we're operating is very archaic. You know, this we, we've got to upgrade and we've got to change. We've got to we've got to do things differently. Um, I remember uh, kind of going back to my early days of management. I was working for a, a large shipping company. I'll, I'll leave them unnamed, but they were cool brown shorts. I will say about I will say that about them. Uh, we went through you know what's now called the Great Recession. Right. And during that time. We had to make cuts. We froze hiring. Uh, you know, we had a daily operating plan that we had to come up with, and it just, you know, because everything, the housing market crashed, everything was, you know, in this recession. It forced us to operate on this minimal standard, and we had to hit these numbers every day. Well, five, six later, five, six years later, you're coming out of that. The expectation is still there, right? It's like, well, if you could do it there, we're still going to push you to make it happen. So I've always carried that mindset, and, and in here, I feel like. You know, if we when we come out of this, uh, remember that all those things that we had pre-COVID was it's like a luxury because we've been we've been working so hard and we've been doing all these different things with staff shortages that it's it's just kind of a, it's kind of like a props to the team. You know, you guys have, have, have excelled and you've made it work this time. Um, that you know, when when we do get these things back, just remember how how much how capable you are as as bus drivers out there um, of doing these things. And you know, I. Kind of backing up a little bit, I, th- I think it has really sh- um, put bus drivers in the spotlight, how important they are and, you know, how undervalued and underpaid this massive infrastructure of, of these bus drivers are out there. Coming from the airlines, you know, uh, so your highest your highest paid employees are your pilots, right? 
and and feel I feel like they they need the same requirements that a bus driver needs. You know, all these cert certificates, all these these health screenings they need to go through in order to get these certifications. And so um, I personally feel like they're undervalued. And 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 you're right, Jason. You got to be crazy to get on a bus. You know, 30, 40 kids screaming their heads off, and and you know you got to be a little stir crazy to to deal with that day in and day out. It, it takes a strong individual to to put a smile on and jump on that bus and do it every day. And I think this is just giving us an opportunity to shine a light on those folks. And, um, you know, the, the recognition needs to be there and in multiple ways, but, um, you know, I, I don't want to piggyback on everybody else's sentiments, but here, but I think that's just kind of what we're all seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Keith. Becca, you can go. Nope. Okay. Rebecca. We're fine. <laughs> To, to just kind of echo what Chris was saying, one of the things, and, and even some of what Chris is saying, we don't have the camaraderie that we used to um, because we don't try to do those, those group events. But the one thing that I keep trying to stress to my drivers and to the districts in my region and in, in Colorado is remember that you are not just a driver. When you get behind the wheel of that bus, you are not just the driver. You are their therapist. You are their friend. You are their mentor. You are the person that they talk to about anything and everything. And I don't care if it's dinosaurs. Talk about dinosaurs if that's what's going to make them sit down. But you are a professional. You are the only person a mother will willingly, without even needing you, give their child to that's kind of awesome and you know I, I think to again echo Chris they need the respect they need that lifting up they need to be recognized for sure Keith in that vein I was clearing out my childhood bedroom a few weeks ago and I found a poem that I wrote about my bus driver, Joy, in elementary school and how much she meant to me. And it was just a really, like, the feeling, I'm so proud to still be in this industry and feel like she kind of had a sense of directing me in this path in, in various different, you know, ways and shapes and forms. But I'd love to kind of double click on, Becca, what you were saying. And if folks are comfortable sharing, like, one person, you know, in their transportation department who has done one thing that has really stuck out to you that has moved and inspired some others, you know, across the department. I'd love to hear what those stories are. Perhaps it happened last week or in the last year. Big pause. Anyone? Chris. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just jump in. Um, like I mentioned, I, I have a uh, grounds guy. He's been, he's been here a very long time. Um, his name's Gene. And he's a great employee, great attitude, um, just always willing to, to help out. And um, that was a success story because um, people can get burned out on this job, you know, especially when it's not their duty. Right. Especially when, you know, they have the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm not a bus driver. I'm getting burned out on here. You're using me over and over. I don't I don't I don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, operationally, um, you need all the help you can get. And so having somebody like like Gene. Uh, just every day come in and, and just, hey, what's my route? What do you guys need today? And being willing to take those changes, uh, it just, it set the tone. A lot of other people recognize that and we use them as an example. Hey, you know, when, when something is called outside of your job scope because we're in COVID right now, rise to that call. You know, you have a, you have a counterpart, you have a colleague who does it every single day and he does it with a smile on his face. 
and, and he's happy to do it. Um, that, that sticks out to me. And I know we've have, you know, we've got a ton of rock stars in our department, but that has always stood out to me just because, um, it's never been, it's never been a second thought to him. It's, Hey, we need you on this route and Hey, all right, I got it. And what's my afternoon route look like? And, um, always willing to just help out. And, um, it's made things, it's, it's, it's made the team recognize it. And it's also helped us out operationally, excuse me, to know that we've got somebody like this who, who cares about, um, not just, you know, not just about, uh, the daily operations, but our students, you know, they're the ones that are most affected by all this, right? You know, they're the ones that are, are seeing the challenges that we face. So just having rock stars in your team is always a big help. Sure. Rebecca? So for Sergeant, I have a driver who has stepped up and I mean, rock star doesn't even begin to encompass what I think of him. We lost our mechanic last April due to um, upper management decisions, and they, they were right decisions. We were putting ourselves in a bad situation, so it was the right decision to make. But as soon as we lost that mechanic, he goes, I, I don't know a whole lot, but you know what? If you need oil changed, if you need tires aired up, if you need, if you need help in any way, shape, or form, let me know. And he has stepped up tenfold um in centennial the uh, other district i work for there is a driver who he also does maintenance part-time and when i took the position down there he was one of those people that i was like not real sure where i i sit with this guy he he's nice but i'm i mean the reliability, yeah, you know, you kind of scratch your head for a minute. And he, every time I call him, I say, hey, I need you to go do this. Absolutely. He has been there spot on for everybody, the, the departments, the district, anything they need. And especially through the last year, had he not stepped up, that department would not have ran. Thank you. Cruz? Great stories. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess I have a story. It's it's not my story per se, but it's a cool story about one of our drivers that um, like just to pass on kind of the impact of what a bus driver can mean to someone. So um, one of the schools we work with is a is a basically an expulsion placement. So any kid within a district that's an expulsion, they can be some of the most challenging routes I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, you get 15 kids who were removed from a school setting for some reason, you put them together. As you can guess, there can be some interesting things that go on in those, those routes. Well, um, actually, one of my drivers was a student that was placed in that placement about 15 years ago. Um, in a lot of ways, being around those kids, there's a lot of great kids there, but you know, a lot of them face huge obstacles to even, we're talking about graduating high school. I mean, there's huge obstacles for them in order to get to that point. Um, he was someone he actually one of our still one of our current drivers was his driver once he was uh, expelled and moved to this new school. And so he drove with that driver. He explained a cool story about a bus driver to me. And he said, I, you know, that driver was someone like we talked about, a mentor, someone in his life that was a strong adult that said, like, listen, I'm going to pick you up every 730. You better be here. You better go to school. Right. I'm expecting you to be here. I'm expecting you to go home and get your stuff done. And so you get done well. Long story short, he graduated. He had a small gathering. One of the few people that came to his graduation was that driver. 
um, as someone who was a big part of that kid's journey and was was genuinely right proud of that kid making it. Well, come full circle, I think it's really cool. He went off and did some other things for a little bit. He came back. He's probably one of my best drivers now. So he decided through that journey in life to come back and, and be a bus driver for us. And hopefully, you know, like he had told me, pass on the same experience and values that that person gave to him. I think it's it says a lot, to, big message about how full circle this can really be. You know, it's so much more than someone that drives a big, long yellow bus. Yep. And I, I think that's a great, there's so many great stories out there, Keith. And, um, you know, Becca, there's, I mean, you can go and search them, right? But I, I think it's still that, that adage of, you know, people just give it all the time. Oh, you're just a bus driver. You're just a custodian, right? I mean, those things that you hear these stories and you hear how people are involved and, you know, you encourage people like, Hey, you're looking to get out of, you know, working a nine to five. You want to do something rewarding. Come, come do it. Come, come try and see what's all about. Right. And you might decide that you, you like it or you do it for a short term and you get into the office side of the management side of, of, you know, taking your skill set that you had in this business side, um, you know, working your nine to five, whatever that might be. I mean, here we have, you know, Chris coming from the airline industry. We have crews coming from, um, you know, the financial side, like people are getting involved in figuring out how, even though we may not be out there driving a school bus, we still are indirectly working with, with students and doing something that's positive for, for them. Right. And I think that's, I, you know, I, Keith, to, to answer your question, there's there's probably so many people that I could name, but I, I think that it's really just a true testament to the group that we, you know, that we had, right? Half of our staff went off to, to work in school setting. They were, you know, kind of having to be classroom monitors. Half of them got to, got to drive. So um, <clears throat> I think those that stuck around really decided that, like, hey, we're here and, and we, you know, we pretty much just say, like, we're here and we're in the business of driving students, right? Getting them from point A to point B, all the other stuff that comes with it, you know, whatever your personal agenda is or your, you know, your beliefs about how we, you know, one decision that we might have made or, you know, wrong or wrong, right or otherwise, right? It's, we're here to do one job and that, and that's really what it boils down to. So I think that, um, you know, we're all here. I think we all, everybody, we could bring another hundred guests in and they're all going to have somebody that they can speak to or a group of people that have, that have really, like, like we said, grabbed the bull by the horns and, and really kind of help push things and kind of be the Elmer's glue, right. Holding us all together, making us, you know, laugh and kind of, kind of, you know, happy along the way. So kudos to all of you for the, for the story. So, um, kind of just getting back on technology, right. We've, I feel like we probably go another hour just based on technology, but we're not um, just kind of like how you guys, how you landed, not necessarily with bus, right, but with kind of the target, the direction that you're going, like, you know, what have you found that has really elevated you to the next level of um, your operation and what, how did that technology work to get you to this next step where you really feel like, Hey, we're, we're really finally starting to kind of, turn the corner. Cruz. Well, I think technology, I mean, so I came right from the analyst side. And so, you know, I've always been a big numbers guy. And so one of my, my technology allows us to do things that we haven't been able to do before. And there's so many different ways that that brings it. So obviously bus right being a partner of ours is going to bring, 
you know, the very obvious, the routing side of it, right? It, it, it brings that. But for us, I put down here in my notes when I was going to talk about this, but bus ride is the epicenter of, of what we're going to do. It's, it's going to be the foundational building block of the change that we're looking to make inside of it technology-wise. And so I really believe if something can't be measured, it can't be managed. And so in order to manage something and improve it, you have to be able to some way to, to measure it. There's lots of ways to measure things, but things need to be able to be measured. And so I think, you know, we talked about tablets in general in a bus and there's so many companies that have brought tablets to the bus. And there's, what's awesome is you, you go around and you, you know, whether you're demoing or trying to figure out what you want to do, they're all kind of unique in, in certain ways. And yes, there's a lot of parts of them that is very similar, but they're all kind of bringing in a unique um, feel to it. And so one of the things through, you know, I would say I probably nerd out on the technology side and the, and the analytics. I want to measure everything. I want everything to come down to a number crunch. So when I evaluate a driver, I want safe driving habits, but I want it to come down to a, a measurable metric where they get a score out of a hundred. And it, 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 it doesn't account for attendance, safe driving, on path driving, all these different things that we could say, Hey, we'll take a small amount of measurement. Um, and that generates this, this feedback. And I, measurement is huge also for we're talking about management well employees need feedback right so in order for someone to improve we have to let them know where they're at and where we think their potential is for them to to keep pushing them in that direction and so um what i what i love about bus right and just kind of brag on keith just for a second was keith brought brought us something idea when i had talked to him you know i talk about all the time there's limitations in the world and i think so much of our natural human nature is we find a reason we can't do something well you know i'm structured i'm a private company so i can't really do it the same way that a district does it or or vice i'm a district and i live under the limitations of budgeting and things like that i can't do it i think thinking outside instead of looking at limitations how do we find solutions and keith was kind of part of the one company that i worked with that said okay that's a problem that's a problem that's a problem let's think around this and let's find the solution because there's a solution somewhere in here where we have to find it. And so essentially, you know, just to, to get off of it and technologies, my, what we're using bus rights tablets for is they're going to do everything for us. So I call them my driver Bible. So everything my drivers do will come from that tablet. And we've talked about, I don't have a traditional yard as most school districts would have, or most bus yards would have. So I have to find a way. How do I convey all the same information and all the same processes and procedures to a driver that that's basically remote, right? From a remote station. I don't work from a traditional bus yard office either. So how do I communicate? And so some of the things I, I wrote down the list of things that technology and there's going to be some some battles and head scratching moments, but some of the stuff that we've started to implement. So we've taken over our routing which then becomes our turn-by-turn -turn navigation. So we talk about battling the COVID and the subs, the ability to have a, a predetermined route that's navigate, when they want auditory navigation, how helpful that is for, you know, Chris, you're talking about land, land grounds guys coming and driving. Well, at least they don't have to memorize the route on a piece of paper in five minutes before they take off on the route. And I think that's a huge part. We do our employee timekeeping on there. So creating a platform where they don't have to punch in and out on the same thumb, you know, thumbprint where we're talking about COVID exposure. Well, everyone, I know we'd sanitize and all that, but everyone's touching the same surface, right? So we've created where if we have 80 drivers, I have 80 drivers that now just touch the exact same surface all within realistically a one hour period of time. So can I use that for thumbprint verification, face ID verification as their login from that tablet? Um, 
we we're going to play around. We're going to do instant messaging. So I have the ability to communicate callouts to my drivers via instant messaging. And we've also implemented a video video screen. So some more complicated instructions, my driver can pull over. I can FaceTime them or video them just like we are right now and visually see, right, the confirmation that they got the look in their eyes, they understand the <laughs> complex instructions that we've just went through. Because sometimes we all know you have the conversations and you're like, they got it. And they're like, yeah, okay, I don't have a lot of faith in the way you just looked at me when you said got it. But um, so, you know, with video, we do, you know, we're going to, I know it's coming, Keith, at some point down the road, but we've implemented, I've created a student tracking system for right now. So all my DCS reporting um, for special needs is all going to be done live in in-house on that tablet um we do all our vehicle inspections and so they they complete an inspection form and onside that tablet it instantly logs in a database that you know ideally 15 years from now i can look and archive and say on january 21st 2002 uh keith in bus 12 did an inspection and he marked that um low tire pressure in the front left tire right so but creating these places that that log data all in one place without manually entering it, without manually scanning, without even having to put it in a file cabinet um, and store that. We've also done our PBIS. So we now we now issue our PBIS tickets and we actually scan them using the camera so kids can get digital PBIS tickets. So they get a little notification that pops on their phone saying you just received a PBIS ticket. They also working with the schools, so those are redeemable with their cell phone. So it is awesome to hand things, but we live in a gratification has changed in our world, especially as we enter COVID, we meet now like this, whereas this round table may have happened 10 years ago, we'd have all flown to some general location or never met at all, right? More likely we probably wouldn't have met to have this conversation. Um, our student discipline referrals. So same thing, systems where the driver enters the student discipline. Technology allows me to route that. So the second that discipline, the district receives it, the principal, at the, the admin at the school that they're at receives it, and the parent receives notification. So communicating all in one place. Um, we're using employee time, same thing with geofences. So I use geofences to track locations of where buses are. You know, uh, Keith has got the on-time on time arrival where, you know, how efficient are our bus running? Fuel efficiencies, are we wasting fuel on, on when we're off path, right? Things like that. And then the last thing I'm looking at is accident histories. What percentage of our accidents happen when buses are places they should not be according to routing software? Um, and then finally, last thing I have is, you know, that, that all falls in my efficiency analytics, but fleet management tracking. So how do I upgrade my fleet? So when things go with, they need the drivers log fleet things, mechanics then are using those tablets to log repairs and cost of repairs. And so in turn, the goal is those tablets are, like I said, the kind of the Bible of that vehicle, and they're all going to a centralized database. And then from there, the behind the scenes is, is making it possible. But one of the things that I know is not possible is I had tried to use this all paper and then me, you know, upload each of these individual paper things into systems. But, you know, it's, it's twice as much work. The driver completes the paper and then I have to go take, collect the papers and then I input the papers. And so I think it's opening doors. Well, there's, there's no doubt there's hurdles every day. The technology point and the fact that this technology is available to do all those things and, and so many things I probably haven't even touched the iceberg of what I think can be done in a vehicle is pretty cool where we're headed as an industry. And I think the more efficient we operate, the more we can pay drivers, the more students we can pick up, the newer vehicles that we can operate, all those things come back. If we can find efficiencies within our department and still um, 
keeping the high level of functioning of the, the department, I, I, in my opinion, everything improves. For sure. Chris, Rebecca, got anything to just to add on the, on your, like kind of how you landed with um, where you're at, you know, and how it's improved your department? Uh, yeah, Cruz, take a bow, man. That's, <laughs> you just blew my mind on the, on, on all these opportunities. But, you know, to that point, that was, that was why we settled on bus ride was because, um, the, the flexibility, right? So we looked at a bunch of different programs. And when I first came in, Jason, that was one of the things I asked the team is where are we struggling? You know, wh- where can we be more efficient? And the technology side, like I said, it was so archaic. And I think coming from the airlines, we have these efficient routing systems. We have these analytical teams. We've got analysts for you name it over there, right? And everything operates to a minimum standard. And the technology is just so advanced. When I came here, it was like taking 20 steps backwards. And I said, okay, how can we get ourselves up to a position where, okay, maybe I can't pay bus drivers more right now. And maybe we can't buy all these things because we're not the wealthiest school district in the area, but there's gotta be something that we can change internally. What, where can we start? And, and I recognized right away, the technology had to be upgraded. And uh, so going into, you know, when, when bus right, when we started talking and I tell Keith this all the time, I love their approach because they just remind me of like this mini Silicon Valley vibe that they've got going on with their team. And, and I just see them exploding because we talked to all these different, you know, routing companies and, and the systems and everything they proposed was, you know, it's, it's like a standard presentation. And then when we yeah. ask questions, it's kind of like, well, nope, this we is what really you get. thought about that or we might be able to do that, but yeah. for a nominal fee, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can take it back to the team and, and do all that. I, we didn't get that response with bus ride. It was, you know, it was like, absolutely. You know, we're totally capable of doing that, even though we're not there now we can expand on that. And, you know, we're, we, in the first, you know, after we went through like a data migration and we go into this like slow rollout with bus, right. You know, we had these team meetings and we talked about, Hey, these are some of the challenges. Can we do this? And we had that flexibility. It was never, well, yeah, you pay us X amount of dollars. We'll see if we can build this on your platform. It was no, the team can do this. What, what do we need? And so it's almost like curated just for what the department needs. And I love the stuff that crews are talking about. Cause those are the things I've kind of you know, hinted at Keith with, I need to start tracking mileage. Are we running, you know, operationally, are we maximized with our routes? Are we capturing, you know, daily routing and are we following what we need to do so we're we're getting the best out of our drivers so that in the long run, yes, we're saving, we're saving on our expenses, right? And in turn, that can help us, you know, purchase more buses or, you know, increase driver rates, things of that nature. And I'm so excited for the future because it's kind of like, I haven't hit a ceiling with bus, right? It's almost like, you know, we're just going to keep rolling out. And as these ideas come out, um, you know, we're just we're just going to expand into all this. And I think that's the beauty and the originality is, um, you know, from what I understand, Keith, you know, you took all these ideas from all these directors and, and transportation folks and built this platform based on that. Not just, you know, hey, we're a company. We're going to roll this out. This is what we think folks need. No, these are the demands. These are the requests that are coming in. So it just, I don't know, it feels like a personal assistant, I guess you could say, for transportation. And, you know, here's your plug, Keith. I knew, I knew it was coming, but <laughs> I love bus ride. I think it is the way of the future, and I think it's capable of doing so many things that's going to, um, you know, just change the way we operate. Uh, just because we've been doing things for so long, you know, that's kind of like the worst thing you can hear is, well, we've always done it this way. Yeah. Well, great, but we're not in that, you know, we're not in that world anymore. Technology is advancing, and I think for us, the hugest thing is going to be that parent portal app, right? You know, we talk about communication with parents, with, with drivers, with, with schools, having the ability to push out messages, having the ability to, you know, send out these these uh, almost like having a personal Uber driver for your for your families that are, you know, have kids that are getting picked up. 
having that 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 pickup uh, notification that goes out, hey, your child's been picked up on the corner of here. This is where the bus is. They can track that in real time. That's that's peace of mind for parents. That that not not only gives you know our our families peace of mind, it gives our staff peace of mind. It gives our leadership who's who's in the you know the dispatch area that eliminates all those phone calls. Hey, where's my bus? You know what's going on? You get those real time traffic updates. You know that eliminates half those calls. You know they can they can tap into that. That's that's the part I'm really excited about. And th- those are the headcount that you're talking about, right? I mean, if you don't need don't no longer have a need for a dispatcher or somebody answering the phones because they're communicating through the system, like there there's there's ways that you know just people are not thinking how that translates, right? How these efficiencies right. and all of a sudden how it opens up. Becca then Keith. So to mimic or mirror what everybody else has said, and bus ride has been amazing for us. Why, while I have Keith's undivided attention, I want what they have. Um, I, I want all of that, okay? <laughs> so just so you know. But, so we looked at a lot of different companies before we settled on bus ride, and price was a lot of it we're we're a small district and walking in and saying okay well i need a routing software and i want to pay ten thousand dollars for it they're like you're absolutely crazy lady this isn't gonna happen and so i had to find a company that was within our price point but outside of that i also have some drivers who are very not technologically savvy and so I, I needed something that not only was within a price point but something that i could look at my older drivers and be like look guys it it's a smartphone i mean come on guys you can operate a smartphone you can operate this it's not that big a deal and even even now it's still kind of a push-pull relationship sometimes they do really good and, you know, they're really pulling that information from me. Other times I feel like I'm just pushing it down their throat going, guys, use this, please. But the other part of that was the district had to try something because they, they were very stuck in that archaic, nope, we have to use paper. We have to do it this way. We have, quote, always done it this way. If I hear that one more time, I'm, I'm, <laughs> so I don't even know what I'm going to do. But they have. They have always done it this way. And so to transition from that archaic pen and paper to when my drivers come in and they're like, well, I need a map. Are you kidding me? And I've, I've done that. I've been there. I have been in their shoes where they give you a map and you're driving down a road going, yeah, okay, I think I'm going the right direction. So having that navigation up there, sure, I can look to my drivers, my subs now and be like, look, guys, put in your number. Everything's right there. It'll tell you where to go. It'll tell you where to go. The the one thing, and Keith and I have talked about this, um, and, and he mentioned it at the beginning of this call, is my routes look very, very different than what Chris's do. Um, and with that, my routes are dirt roads. And so I, I am thankful to have a team of people who they recognize when there's a struggle with the district and they go, all right, let's fix it. Not, oh, well, 
tough cookies. <laughs> you get to deal with it. Um, figure it out. Draw your own. They map. they do those those calls. They do the the monthly check ins and everything. And here's your plug in, Keith. Everybody I talk to, I absolutely recommend Bus Right. Whether it's a large district, a small district, they they'll do what you need them to do. Absolutely. Keith, for the record, for, for the record, when I got the calendar invite for this podcast from Jason, he had a question in there like, "How has Busrite helped you?" And I specifically said, "Do not ask about Busrite. I want this to not be about." I, I, and Busrite. I didn't ask. I just well, said how technology has increased okay. and helped. So, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, like, let's be real, right? I, I mean, I'm not getting a plug out of this. I'm doing this because. There are small people, there are rural districts that, uh, even big districts, that that don't have a good functioning program, whether that's because of their inequities that they, you know, they, they don't get along with their IT department. They have people that aren't there that able to understand the technologies and, and move their department the way that it needs to, right? So if there's a solution out there, the whole part of this show was to just talk about what options are out there, right? It's not anything that I have ties to Keith or Cruz or Becca or Chris. I'm I'm bringing this out there for other people that might be listening going, hey, I'm going through the same stuff because honestly what Chris has said and what Cruz has, I mean, Cruz went through the same things with me, right? And and I, I will be honest, there's, there's a platform out there that I've used for the last 11 years that I really love. Like that's, that is what I'm. I mean, I'm most comfortable with because that's what I've learned on and what I've what I know. But, but at the same time, they say this is kind of where it's at. Like, if you're trying to push these limits, you're trying to get these tailor fittings and these, you know, things that work to your department. Hey, I need this report. Hey, I need this plugin. Hey, I need whatever X, Y, and Z that might be. They're they're they don't have the capability or the willingness to do it unless you're signing a nice chunk of change over to them to, to go and figure out how to make that happen. What I like about bus, right. And what I've always said about bus, right. And Keith, from the time that I met you was the willingness and the eagerness to hear from your clients and figure out, Hey, this is a need and it's important. And to be able to take that. And it may not just because what Chris might be asking for, or Cruz might be asking for you recognize, Hey, this might be something we can offer at a grander scale or a, um, you know, as a, a wider solution that all of a sudden people don't know is available to them. Like Cruz lists off a whole list of things, right? And I'll, I'm not going to like burn his bridge, but I'm going to take a little credit for that because it's some of that stuff that he and I worked on, right? Those things, other people didn't know, you know, we just talked globally, uh, we call KPI, right? Competing um, perf- or key performing indicators, right? So when you start talking about things of that nature, but what does that mean, right? People don't know how to quantify that, especially at the transportation level when you're out driving a bus every day. Like that's not to, excuse me, shortchange anybody, but I think that when we can have these types of conversations and talk about what is available or what could be available, even just hypothetically, hey, wouldn't it be great if we had blah, whatever that might be, and have a company that goes, yeah, that's a really good idea. Let's figure out how we can make it go. Right. Like that's, I think that's what we're trying to say. So Keith. No, thanks for the clarification there. The (laughs) second thing I was going to say is 
this does mean the the world to myself and the rest of the bus right community. And when I say the community, when you're complimenting uh, some of the stuff that we're doing, complimenting each of you because our product has been built by and large by transportation leaders from drivers, transportation directors, and everyone in between. Um, so uh, a thank you to all of them. And Cruz, your point about you know finding a, a, a vendor that you know is solution oriented. You know, we look to you know partner with transportation directors that are solution oriented because that is how you know the, the product has gotten to where it is today. So do do not give us you know all the credit by any stretch. But off of bus right landings, I'm getting a little sweaty and a little nervous as, as we keep going down that rabbit hole. I'll push it back to you, Jason. Yeah, no, I think I, I mean we've we've just gone almost an hour and ten minutes. So I just kind of some final thoughts just on general like what your thoughts are technology i mean chris i would i'd almost love to do just a a comparison side-by-side uh episode just on how different but how similar the airline and the uh, the yellow bus transportation is just to i i know a little bit of it right my um significant others a, a flight attendant but um you know, so I have a little bit of connection, but to hear the operational side of like, you know, what you did, that would be, you know, pretty intriguing, I think, because I think there are a lot of comparisons. You drew some comparisons and the pilots are the, you know, the most, the highest paid, right? Well, how is a bus driver not any different than a pilot? We're operating a vehicle that transports passengers. So, um, you know, again, I can get on that soapbox, but, um, you know, just kind of some final thoughts is. As you guys go around, maybe Chris, lead it off with you. Just a, a quick kind of closing comment on uh, transportation and maybe the future of technology. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, again, I just want to say thanks for having me on here. It's nice to uh, meet with other folks who are, you know, from all over the country, going through the same things, sharing the same ideas. Um, yeah, we could we could spend hours, Jason, talking about the similarities. Uh, but to kind of to kind of summarize that, um, you know, we all have we all have a main objective every single day and in, and in the airlines, it was everything that happens below the wing. There's, there's all kinds of stuff. I always use this analogy, right? Is, you know, Jason, you're going on a flight, you're, you, you board, you, you take off, you get to your destination, you have a grand old time. You didn't realize that three hours before that, that airplane was potentially out of service and we're hustling parts from Dallas, trying to get them here. All these things happen in the morning just to get this operating. Same thing, same concept applies to bus drivers on a smaller scale. Uh, you know, all these different things have to happen in order for these these bus drivers to get out on time, get the kids picked up, you know, all these behind the scene things, uh, they take place. And so the atmosphere is a little bit different. Uh, but, you know, I think technology is the way of the future. And that's what's going to help us uh, maximize, you know, the way we, we move forward and, and uh, just integrating these things that nobody's ever thought of. That's 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 how you that's how you move forward. Right. Taking these new ideas, finding creative solutions and moving moving past the, this old mindset of, you know, um, you know, we're just going to operate this way because this is the way we've always done it. Um, I think that's a very toxic mentality. And I think that, you know, the implementation of the technology, where we're headed, I think we're in the right direction. And uh, I'm very, very excited about the future of all this and um, the opportunities that are out there. Sure. Uh, that's that's my spiel in a nutshell. Awesome. Becca? I also want to say thank you for having me today. It's It's been a blast to kind of wrap things up. I, I think with technology we can only go up and as your districts from small to large to anywhere in between get more and more integrated with that technology, they will start to get out of that, as Chris put it, toxic mindset. They'll, they'll see the benefits and how much they far outweigh the 
quote, we've always done it this way. You know, that habitual thing. The other side of that is, as Cruz was mentioning earlier, gratification has changed. And while it's changed, everybody still wants it instant. And so technology is making it so that the school bus industry can access and give that instant gratification to all members, whether it's dispatch, whether it's directors, whether it's superintendents, whether it's principals, whoever's involved, parents, um, they get that instant gratification. Even our students, hey, your bus is going to be here at this particular time. Go get ready. Or a student write-up that gets sent off to parents, sent back to the school, whatever that may look like. Communication is always going to be what helps keep this department fluid and able to change and maneuver with the changes that come at us. That instant gratification and making sure that that happens through the technologies that are becoming more and more available are just going to help us along the way. Well said. Cruz? Yeah, just, I mean, to echo... Chris and Rebecca, thanks, Jason, for finally letting me come on your your awesome podcast. I think it's awesome what you've done with this podcast and where you've helped unite transportation leaders that, like we talked about technology, previously were not able to be connected and share these ideas. Um, I think that's one of the, the, the many points, but one of the top points I took from you was when we would be faced with a problem, you just make a call to someone in Michigan or Massachusetts or Colorado, right? The to find the answers elsewhere. So I think it's pretty cool. And thank you, Keith, for having me on. You know, I, I guess my, my my hot topic, I in my opinion, in five years, student transportation will look nothing like it is today. I think we'll probably look back at this conversation or this recording of this podcast and say, one, we all missed the boat on where technology was really headed. You know, that was what small brains to think we could really go there. We'll look where we're at now. And so I think, I think that's part of it. And I think there's, there's ideas that people are starting to fall on. And I think breaking the, a lot of it's going to have to do with breaking the traditional molds of how we see transportation. And I've, I've always said transportation is, is vertically organized, right? So a director to a supervisor, to a router, to a dispatcher, to a driver, to a, to an aide, there, there's a vertical hierarchy that in which information travels from the very top down. And I think one of the challenges, right? We talk about small districts, big districts is, you know, a small district needs a dispatcher. But, you know, one dispatcher for, for L.A. County schools may dispatch for 500 buses, but one dispatcher for a small school may dispatch eight. I really do think that transportation will find ways and districts will find ways to unite together rather than fighting each other for funding. Right. So someone like a dispatcher could a dispatcher dis, dispatch for four districts that are smaller in size in which they split, you know, that FTE four different ways. They they reduce their costs, but still remain the effectiveness. And then you talk about even supervisors. Can a supervisor oversee multiple districts? Can routers oversee multiple districts? Can drivers drive for multiple districts if the school times are then organized for, do you have a 6.30 start, a 7.30 start, and then a different district that starts at 9.30, right? Or we talk all the time about you know, elementary districts and high school districts. Would, would districts at some point be willing to put their heads together, right, and, and think big picture how do we maximize the resources? How do we maximize the people in this industry to really provide a greater service for kids? And, and I know, I think, has Shannon been on here, Jason, before she, Shannon Weber? No, she had to, had to go do dispatch duties. So, 
one of my favorite, I'm going to steal a quote and give her credit, but one of my quotes that, that, that she says all the time to me when I ask her question, and she says, if it's right for students, it's right for transportation. And so all these things we talk about and wherever technology takes us, wherever the business model takes us, you know, if it provides a greater service and the money can then be put back into the classroom or the money can be put back into enrichment on the bus, things like that. I think all of these things help improve the student transportation experience for kids. And ultimately, it'll be fun to really look at where we're at in five years and what were the catalysts and who were the catalysts that took us to where we go. For sure. I think his initials are KC. Oh, come on. Um, Keith, it, it takes, what do you got? It takes, it takes a village for sure. But it's funny that in a conversation largely about technology, I think the biggest kind of the most value that I've gotten from, you know, work in the student transportation industry is the human connection um, time and time again. So these conversations that we have with each other, the human connection between transportation director and router, between driver and student. And so while technology can definitely, you know, help us and improve our operations, that human connection in this services industry will always be there. And that's why I love to be in the student transportation industry. Um, and Chad, I didn't forget about you. Obviously the, the smart bus is coming. So what do you got? What did you say? The smart what? Smart bus, not the smart bus sales guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, come on, man. Don't mean a don't be boner once in a while. All right. Um, yeah, you I mean you guys talk about the the technology side on on your end on the transportation side, and it's all it's all so impressive. I mean, it really is. I mean, the the tracking the student. We've talked about this. I think Keith, you and I discussed this last time you were on that that how it takes so long to get here. You know, this this seems like really important cargo that should have been tracked all along, and uh, seeing how far it's come just in the time I've been in the bus industry is is pretty impressive. And um, I have a kid that rides a bus occasionally now. And they don't have anything. And I wish they did. <laughs> you know, it's one of my districts, but they got a lot of buses and they're, I guess they're not willing to, to step up and, and pay for, for bus rides, for example. But um, on the on the bus side, all the technologies came down the pike in the last even 10 years, you know, with the electronic stability control and the collision mitigation that IC has now with Bendix. Um, then all the, even on the service side, you know, we've got a system now that we're implementing where as your bus goes in and gets serviced, as soon as it's checked in, you get an alert that bus has been checked in. Your bus has been in the shop, you get an alert that bus is in the shop, that bus on a test drive. That, you know, I mean, technology is so helpful for all of us in that sense of being able to track what's going on because you guys in the districts having so many different buses, so many different drivers, all these kids, all the parents. I mean, I don't envy you, honestly. I mean, that's so, that's so much work, so much to keep track of. And I don't know how they did it with pen and paper back in the day. And uh, so, you know, I applaud you for that for sure, because that's a lot to do. And to have that technology to assist you has got to be huge. And I encourage any school district out there listening that doesn't have any of this newer technology like bus ride or all these other systems to track the students, to track the buses, to help the drivers, get a hold of your dealer, find out how they can you know get a demonstration on this because it's everything i hear from everybody when when someone gets a new system they're always so excited i mean it's like they you know won the lottery and they're, they're happy to tell you all about it so it's i know how helpful it is i see how helpful it is and uh 
everyone should have it for sure. It, it, uh, it should be standard on every bus. It should be standard in every district. Like it should almost be like a requirement that the district has this for the students to track the students, to track the buses, to help keep everybody safe. So I don't really have a whole lot to say other than that. So like bus right is uh, definitely who you should be calling. <laughs> I mean, and, and I know it is a good system. I have some, a couple of districts that have talked about it and they do really like it. So there's others out there as well that just anything you can get your hands on, get your hands on it. Yeah, I think the most important. That's all I got. The most important piece is that we're we as an industry are going the right direction. And I think it's all kudos to, to you know several several of us that are in this room and you know other people like minded like this that are that are really you know either the startups that are out there the you know. Um, the engineers, the people that are, hey, I have this problem and let's figure out how to fix it, right? The ones, the, the real go-getters yeah. that are going out there that are helping push it along because otherwise we probably would stay in the the archaic mode of, hey, that's just how we do it and we're not going to push the envelope. So, um, Archaic you know, was a very, very commonly used word on this podcast. Yeah. Archaic was... Because <laughs> was, was, was it is. I mean, it, used word we're, in, we're in the 21st century, right? And we, I think we should be... <laughs> You know, it, in the world of instant gratification and smart technology and everything else that, I mean, we have self-driving cars. I know I, I have, I think, I won't even say it, I won't even say it, but we'll just kind of go there and you guys can kind of, you know, if you've listened before, you know my my take on that. So, um, the, the thing, the thing, the thing I want to touch on real quick is we talked about technology moving forward and I was talking about the buses. Obviously, I didn't bring up electric buses. I don't want to go into that. That's a whole other podcast that we've discussed before. But, but the thing to keep in mind too, and it, it, it actually had the conversation today. This is why it's fresh in my mind. This new technology that rolls out, like TVs, for example, right? Back ten years know, 15, ago, there was three thousand thirty-five hundred dollars yeah. for a yeah. big flat-screen yeah. TV, and now you can yeah, get 15, them for four hundred dollars. I remember me and my my brother-in-law used to go to uh, Ultimate Electronics here in Tulsa just to walk around and just check things out on Thanksgiving when he when they were down. And I remember us standing there looking at a forty-inch plasma TV that's fifteen thousand dollars. Now, you know, they I don't always say they practically plasma. give it away. They practically give it away at the Happy Meal now. You know, here's a forty-inch, take it, get it out of here. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're so cheap. So obviously, that's something to communicate with the other districts about what they have. Because you jump both feet in, you, you know, you might, you might be behind the curve quicker than you think, you know. I mean, I bring that up because like electric or the air conditioning on electric buses out here in Arizona, 120,000 BTU is all you can get on an electric bus right now. Anybody, 120,000 BTU. You people in Arizona understand that's not sufficient. You know, we're running, you know, 170, 180,000 BTU systems out here unless you're on a sped bus. So, Someone jumps out, buys a bus. They're lacking AC systems. Two years later, they've got the capability to, to push 180,000 BTU, and you're stuck with a bus that you paid probably more than those people with a lesser capability on the air conditioning side. So it's it's across the board, every type of technology. Communicate. Ask other people. Don't just take one person's word for it. Get out there and, and do your research, and you'll definitely come up with a, with a good system that will uh, last you quite a while. I think that's well said. That's and, I, yeah, I think just that's my soapbox. Just communicate, and you know, there's there's other people out there that are kind of pioneering and and you know, mm-hmm. paving the way. So, thanks to this group, I appreciate it. it's been a, a great chat, and uh, hopefully, you guys have a a wonderful spring, and hopefully, we can connect soon. All right. 
Keith, thanks again for pulling all together. Cruz, good seeing you. Chris, good seeing you. Becca, good seeing you. Chad, thanks for being here, and uh, we'll see everybody soon. Take care and be safe, all right? Have a great Thank weekend. You. Bye. You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.